Today's episode of Locked On MLB is a little bit about the multiverse, alternate realities, what ifs, alternate histories. The Braves, they're one of the best teams in baseball and one of the model franchises. But if the Braves had one more good swing of the bat in one game and won one other game in the late 1950s, all of baseball history might be different. Confused? Well, hopefully you won't be on this episode of Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. There's my lower third. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so, and I've been part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm about to start my fifth full season here. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods. Same handle for Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And when you're at home and you got your smart device, be sure to tell it to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows of the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Braves with friend of the podcast, Jake Mastriani. Hey, um, let me just talk to you a little bit about what, I was referring to in the cold open. The Atlanta Braves, they've been there as long as I've been alive, and I've been around for more than half a century. So they are pretty much the team of Atlanta. They're the team of the South. And thanks to the TBS Superstation, which showed Atlanta Braves games all across the country, including many regions that didn't have a Major League Baseball team of their own, before you had smart devices like this that had your... MLB app, which shows you every game except the local one. Um, the Braves are a team with pretty deep roots and a pretty solid identity. Having gone into the postseason in the 60s, the 80s, all throughout the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, won the World Series in 95 and 2011, in 2021. And you know, they're about as good a bet of a team to win the World Series this year. Now, if you know a little something about baseball history, you'll know that this team history goes way back to the 19th century when they played in Boston. They had many, many different names in Boston. The Bean Eaters, always a good image you want to have with your team. Uh, the Boston Doves, the Boston Red Stockings, the Boston Bees, but primarily the Boston Braves. They won one of the most unlikely World Series of all time, the 1914 World Series. And that would be the subject of another podcast because I don't think that one was played on the level. I, but they aren't, uh, that's a tease for a future podcast. I, I, I suspect that wasn't on the level. They also uh, went to the World Series in 1948 uh, where they almost played their crosstown rivals, the Red Sox, but the Red Sox lost a playoff and it turned out to be Cleveland versus Boston, which to this day remains the last time the city of Cleveland had a World Series champion. That's how long it's been for Cleveland. 
the Braves were in freaking Boston. That's a different podcast. The Braves, even though they had a more recent pennant than the Red Sox, couldn't draw. The Red Sox were lapping them at the box office. And back then, that's how you judged the success of a team. You know, television and radio revenue were non-existent. And we basically looked at the turnstiles. And the Red Sox had three times the audience than the Braves. And, of course, this is post-war America where you started to see the population not just be concentrated in the Northeast, but starting to spread. And some more Western cities were starting to spread their wings and show that they could be a major league team or you know support a major league team and the fact that the one of the reasons why there were so many uh you know markets with two teams is that the american nationally were indeed rival leagues and they were trying to fight for the same customers but by the middle of the 20th century the american league and nationally were working kind of together as major league baseball and more and more you started to see that teams you know, if there was a team that was clearly second banana in a market, they would be, uh, would want to start looking around at some of these other, you know, potential cities to play in. And there were some other leagues that wanted to become major leagues. The Pacific Coast League thought, hey, why can't we be a major league and put teams in Los Angeles and San Diego and San Francisco and Sacramento and Oakland and Seattle and Portland? But there was, since the American League and the National League started working together for the world, to create the World Series in 1903, no team had moved. There, all the teams were exactly where they were, exactly where they were supposed to be, until finally the Braves said, enough. And Lou Perini, uh, who was the owner of the Boston Braves, said, bye. To Lou, I'm done. I am done with sharing Boston with the Red Sox when there are these other markets. And he up and moved the Braves to Milwaukee. And the Braves, who had a horrible time attracting fans, even though they had quality players, suddenly were breaking box office records. They were trying, they couldn't draw 400,000 fans in the final years in Boston. And we're nearly getting 2 million fans when they got to Milwaukee. Instead of being second banana to the Red Sox, they had all of Wisconsin to themselves and a region that was just dying to show that they were majorly ready. And turnstiles were clicking and the success of the Milwaukee Braves led other teams to look around. The Philadelphia A's moved to Kansas City. Now, why did the A's move and not the Phillies? That's the subject for another podcast. The Browns were in St. Louis. They said, what are we doing? They became the Baltimore Orioles. Eventually, one of the most seismic events in the history of sports, the Dodgers and the Giants moved to L.A. and San Francisco. The Giants were thinking about moving to Minnesota, but the original Senators did. And the 60s led to more movement, more, and for the first time ever, baseball expansion. But in the 1950s, the move to Milwaukee was the absolute poster child of success in terms of the box office, in terms of the quality of the product on the field. Fans showed up in record numbers for the Milwaukee Braves. And they rewarded the fans as one. Uh, they already had some good, solid players, but their farm system was percolating. 
with potential stars. And guess what? Henry Aaron showed up. He was good. So was Eddie Matthews. So was Joe Adcock. And all of a sudden, by 1957, the Braves were in the World Series. The last year we had the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants, it was the Milwaukee Braves who won the World Series in a thrilling seven-game series with the New York Yankees. The Braves would also play in the World Series in 1958, a World Series where they had a three-game-to-one lead in the World Series to the Yankees, but lost a heartbreaking game six, and ultimately the Yankees won the World Series in game seven. In 1959, the Braves had a best-of-three playoff with the brand-new Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers won that playoff and wound up beating the White Sox in the World Series. But then things fell off a cliff. The interest in Milwaukee Braves went away, and suddenly they had trouble gaining fan support. The Braves were still good, but they weren't great. And this was around the time America's uh, television and casual sports fandom started shifting away from baseball and towards the NFL. Just around the time Vincent Lombardi and the Green Bay Packers were dominating the NFL was around the time the Braves went from being a great team to a good team and interest fell off a cliff for the Braves as did their attendance. And the ownership started looking around for a new place. There were a lot of people in Milwaukee who didn't want to see him go. And eventually, the Braves settled on Atlanta. But the move was filled with legal strife, was held up in the courts, and baseball's bizarre antitrust exemption was being challenged left and right. And there was an entire year, 1965, where the Braves were playing in Milwaukee, but everyone in their moose knew they were trying to go to Atlanta. And the the legal back and forth and back and forth was going on. Ultimately, a Wisconsin court allowed them to move in a four to three decision. If it was four to three the other way, again, our fragile reality would crumble. Braves moved to Atlanta in 1966. People in Wisconsin were seething. For a while, it looked like maybe they were going to move the White Sox there because the White Sox were looking for a new home. And Milwaukee is close enough to poach some of the Chicago fans. Ultimately, a group led by Bud Selig, remember him, wound up looking at the disastrous expansion into Seattle in 1969. Not the Mariners, but the Pilots. The Pilots were hastily expanded and couldn't fill their ballpark because it rains every day in Seattle. They were terrible. They were going bankrupt. And they actually went to spring training in 1970, their second year, not knowing if they were going to break camp as the Seattle Pilots or the Milwaukee Brewers. Ultimately, they went to Milwaukee. And the Brewers have been there ever since. And Selig was the owner of the Brewers, colluded as an owner of the Brewers, and somehow became a commissioner for a generation and for reasons still unknown to me, has a plaque in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And he did not want to see the Brewers leave Milwaukee. And because of the Brewers being 
swiped away from Seattle, there was another series of lawsuits which led to the expansion of the Seattle Mariners. So Milwaukee has a team, Atlanta has a team, Seattle has a team, Boston just has its own team, the one team it should have. But I bring up a couple of things here. How close a couple of things could have happened that would have saved the Braves in Milwaukee. The Braves could have become an institution of Milwaukee for generations. And what that would have meant to the way baseball history unfolded, it would have been quite different. And it was this close from happening. And I'm just telling you, if these events happen slightly differently, I think it's the safest bet in the world that the Milwaukee Braves would be playing in Miller Park or whatever it's called right now. By the way, if you're making any bets, may I recommend you check out FanDuel. There it is. FanDuel. (laughs) Easy for you to click on. FanDuel is the new partner for Locked On MLB and the entire Locked On Podcast Network. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and Milwaukee Bucks fans are probably happy. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets at a bigger payout with same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. Now, I mentioned the Braves were setting box office records and they won the World Series in 1957, defeating a star-studded New York Yankees team led by Casey Stengel with Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra and Whitey Ford and all the cast and characters. Not Roger Maris, yes, he wasn't there, and Joe D had already retired. But it was a uh, it was a pretty safe to say a lot of players that you probably have heard of. And the Braves defeated them with the likes of Hall of Famers such as Henry Aaron, of course, one of the one of, if not the greatest offensive players in the history of baseball. Warren Spahn, one of the greatest left-handed pitchers in baseball history. And Eddie Matthews, one of the most consistent power hitters of his generation. Now, in 1958, the Braves went back to the World Series. And the Braves were looking to go back-to-back as World Series champions to be the first National League team since the New York Giants of the 1920s, led by John McGraw, did just exactly that against, guess who, the New York Yankees. Well, the Braves took a three-game-to-one lead. Warren Spahn won game one in extra innings and won game four with a shutout against Whitey Ford. Now, the Yankees won game five pretty easily, 7 nothing, sending it back to Milwaukee with a chance to clinch it at home. In game six of the World Series, the Braves had a two to one lead going into the six. The Yankees tied it. Then in the ninth inning, the ninth inning came around 
Wes Covington, Bill Bruton, and a potential pinch hitter for Warren Spahn. If any one of those players hit a home run, if Covington hit a home run, Bill Bruton hit a home run, the Braves would have won the World Series. Now, Ryan Duran, the Yankees reliever, struck out Covington, struck out uh, Bruton. And then the manager allowed Warren Spahn to bat for himself in the bottom of the ninth inning. He struck out. It would have been something if Warren Spahn hit a home run to clinch the World Series for himself. So they sent Spahn out in the 10th, who let up a leadoff home run to Gil McDougal to give the Yankees the lead. And ultimately, the Yankees tacked on a second run. But the Braves rallied in the bottom of the 10th. And at one point, um, Henry Aaron got an RBI single. And when he was there, the, the score was 4-3. to three, And Joe Adcock, a big home run hitter for the Braves, came up. And if he had homered, the Braves would have won the World Series. He singled. And then Frank Torrey, not Joe Torrey, but Frank Torrey, came up with a tying and World Series winning runs on base. He hit a line drive that was caught. The Yankees won game six. If Adcock had home run, hit a home run, Torrey had hit a home run, Covington hit a home run, Bruton had hit a home run. Heck, if Frank Torrey had hit a double, probably would have scored Adcock and the Braves would have won back-to-back World Series. In game seven of the same World Series, the Braves had an early lead. They were up one nothing in the first inning. And it was Lou Burdett, who was the World Series MVP back the previous year. He wound up, he was given this early lead. The Yankees rallied. Braves tied it up, and it was a tie game going into the eighth inning. The Yankees went on a four-run rally to win and clinch the World Series. So you had two games where one swing of the bat would have won one of them, and just two more shutout innings, they would have been in a position to win. That would have been back-to-back World Series. The very next year was 1959 which the Milwaukee Braves got off to a a solid start. And basically between May and August played 500 ball. I mean, between June and August, sorry, June, July, and August, they played 500 ball. Actually, they played two games under 500. They won on a fantastic September and tied the Dodgers for a one on the final day of the season, but lost the, uh, the, uh, best of three playoff. Both games and ex- both games were one-run games. In that stretch, where there were two games under 500, if they were just one game under 500, they would have clinched the pennant. They would have finished ahead of the Dodgers. If in that stretch they were merely good instead of me- mediocre, they would have clinched the pennant and made it three straight pennants. And if the Braves had three straight pennants, including back-to-back World Series titles, and chances are that Braves team would have beaten the Chicago White Sox in 1959, who won the pennant instead of the Yankees, then this would have been the potential of a three-peat, certainly three straight pennants. And I think the enthusiasm for a team that put together a dynasty 
would have spilled over more into the 1960s, even if the years were a little more lean. Three straight World Series appearances, two straight championships, whichever way you want to cut it, would have made the push to keep the Braves a little stronger. And maybe, just maybe, that group that ultimately got together just five years after the Braves moved to Atlanta to swipe the pilots away, maybe, just maybe, they could have kept the Braves in Milwaukee. You know, it's amazing when you think about it. In, 19, in three straight decades, at the Braves played in the postseason in three different cities. They were in the 1948 World Series as the Boston Braves, the 57 and 58 World Series as the Milwaukee Braves, and the 69 National Championship Series as the Atlanta Braves. But we've seen many, many times the teams that look like they're uh, uh, absolutely a, a stalwart for an, a fan base talk about moving. And ultimately, there's some sort of legal battle or legal hassle or new ownership comes in to save the team. The Giants have nearly moved twice. They nearly moved to Toronto in 1977, and they nearly moved to Tampa Bay before the 1993 season. Minnesota nearly moved the Twins to North Carolina at one point. Several teams nearly moved to Tampa Bay, including the Chicago White Sox. And Lord knows all the places the A's have been rumored to move to. They nearly moved to Denver. They nearly moved to, now they're talking moved to Las Vegas. And lest we forget, the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the oldest organizations in baseball, was this close to becoming the Denver Pilots in the 1980s. But in each case, a legal battle kept them there. New ownership kept them grounded. Except it didn't happen with the Milwaukee Braves. Court ruling went against them, and ownership couldn't get together until they had already left. Then the Brewers showed up. But I wonder, I just wonder, when we think about these alternate realities, what the repercussions of a Milwaukee ownership in the mid-1960s would have been for Major League Baseball. It would not have been subtle. By the way, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Think of the ramifications of their still being the Milwaukee Braves the concentric circles that would have come out about that. First of all, Henry Aaron would be the biggest figure in Milwaukee sports history. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's right up there as it is right now. But think about if he had hit all those home runs while in Milwaukee. And remember, Milwaukee County Stadium was a big home run hitters park anyway. And by 1969, the Braves were already putting together another terrific team. Remember, Phil Necro, who went on to become a Hall of Famer, may he rest in peace, began his career as a Milwaukee Brave in the mid-1960s. You would have seen the team evolve in a slightly different way. 
with Eddie Matthews and Henry Aaron still there. Eventually, Orlando Cepeda arrived there, Enrico Cardi and several other players. Maybe it would have evolved that way. You would not have had the Brewers, which meant you probably would not have had the debacle in Seattle. But one thing that I think would have happened is baseball seemed ripe to put a team in Atlanta. As the city was growing and growing, and there was a move to put baseball in the Deep South. Now, I personally think what would have happened is this. You would have had the Brewers remain in, you would have had the Braves remain in the National League, of course, and in Milwaukee for all this time. Eventually, Miller Park, or whatever the hell it's called now, would eventually have been built. The Braves would have been a stalwart. Now, would it have included Tom Glavin? Would it include Greg Maddox? I don't know. The, the way that teams unfold, once you get further away from the change in the alternate history, it would butter effect out, and who knows? Chances are Robin Yount and Paul Molitor don't play for the Milwaukee Braves, but I don't know that, neither do you. But you would have had the Braves become one of those uh, you know, one of those teams that fans of Milwaukee have clinged to for all those years. And it would make a hell of a lot easier for me to talk about fan bases starving for a World Series title because I have to use the Braves caveat when I talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers have never won a World Series. The Milwaukee Braves have. Milwaukee's had a World Series title more recently than Cleveland has had a World Series title. But it wasn't the Brewers. It's all weird. That's why I want the Brewers to win a World Series to make it easier. Kind of like when the Nationals made it easier to talk about when the last Washington World Series title was. I digress. You would have had an expansion. Baseball had an expansion in 1969, which meant the arrival of the Padres, the arrival of the Montreal Expos, the arrival of the Kansas City Royals, and the arrival of the Seattle Pilots. Well, that expansion probably would not have involved Seattle. It probably would have involved the wide open market that was Atlanta. Now, there is an outside chance that Charlie Finley would have jumped to Atlanta with uh, you know, with both feet because that, you know, that market would have been wide open for him. And you know, he had talked about moving the A's to Dallas. He talked about moving the A's to San Diego, he talked about moving the A's to Louisville, possibly to Atlanta. He just had his eyes set on Oakland, and he moved him there. So chances are, Finley would he was so fascinated with the Bay Area that he would have gone there. Again, I digress. That expansion in 1969 probably would have involved Atlanta being an American League expansion team. Now, when would Seattle have exp- had an expansion team? Well, probably when they built the freaking Kingdom. But also keep in mind, the expansion in 1977 existed because of lawsuits involving the moving of the pilots and the the fact that Seattle couldn't get the White Sox and the fact that Toronto couldn't get the Giants. The expansion in 1977 was the creation of the Blue Jays and of the Seattle Mariners. And between 1969 and 19... 93, the only expansion that ever happened was the 1977 one, which was pushed because of baseball avoiding lawsuits. So would there have been an expansion into Seattle 
or to Toronto without them being pushed. And Seattle would never have pushed for the lawsuit if there wasn't the failed expansion of the pilots. But if there wasn't a pilot expansion, there was an expansion in Atlanta, there wouldn't be that lawsuit. What I'm saying is this. Our view of reality and our view of how we see how the world has unfolded is fragile. A little thing could tip it here or there. The Braves are an institution of the South, have been for over half a century. If you're a baseball fan anywhere south of Washington, D.C. and east of Houston, it is assumed you are an Atlanta Braves fan. And if you are in Milwaukee, well, it's assumed you're a Packer fan and probably that more than anything. But maybe those roots would be super deep with the Braves there all these years. Maybe they would have won a title. Would they have gone on the great run Atlanta went on in the 1990s and the 2000s? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But if that had happened in Milwaukee, it would have had a deeper, there would have been deeper roots. And who knows what the hell would have happened in Seattle. The baseball existing from Boston to Seattle, from Milwaukee to Atlanta, in so many ways, were altered by one inning or two innings in the 1958 World Series and one game in 1959. Braves score one more run in game six. They win back-to-back World Series. They win one more game in 1959. They're in three straight World Series. And the foundation and the love for that team would probably be too much to lose. But here we are, the world that we currently live in. This is everything, everywhere, all at once, into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Far From Home, maybe The Flash with Michael Keaton as Batman, all these parallel universes. The one we live in has the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves. The one that has the Milwaukee Braves to this day, this close to happening. But do you what part of the multiverse is going to happen? Me doing podcasts all year long. And sometimes we are going to dive head first into alternate realities. Why? Because I love them. They're fun. So follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter, on an Instagram, or you can follow us on YouTube, and you can follow me. Where's my lower third? Where did that happen? I am your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Looking at alternate realities and seeing how fragile our current sense of what's real and what isn't truly is. This has been Locked On MLB for the 10th day of March, 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.